Welcome to the Stripology Podcast. I'm your host, Wendy, experienced dancer, mindset and strategy coach, and founder of the Industry Academy. This industry completely transformed my life, and I've coached hundreds of women to do the same. Through my signature framework of sales, mindset, and confidence, I help dancers of all experience levels who are inspired to master their craft and maximize their income. In this podcast, I will share with you my personal journey and the skills I learned that helped me to lift my financial ceiling, cultivate confidence, and quadruple my income on a consistent basis. Thank you so much for being here. Let's get into it. If I asked you to dance. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Stripology podcast. And today I have a beautiful friend of mine joining, um, Charlie. Charlie is now settled in the east coast of Australia and we originally met, well, actually we originally met at uh, Brett's gym, but yes. then, <laughs> then we had a beautiful um, experience where we met again at um, a yoga and meditation retreat in Bali. It was for an entire month and it was so beautiful. And yeah, it really opened my eyes to that world because I actually didn't have much of an idea about anything in that world, but I knew that I wanted to strengthen um, my meditation practice and the yoga was just an amazing thing that, um, you know, I learned about in the process. Charlie at that stage was in a really deep healing mission and about to embark on a journey around the world and then like I said settling in um, Queensland. Charlie is a somatic psychotherapist and she loves to work with women and couples where they focus on first developing you know that secure attachment and I'll get you to explain this as well Um, but that relationship with self first and foremost and then looking at you know, relationship mastery with whoever they choose to um, be in relationship with. So thank you so much for being here, Charlie. You are so welcome, beautiful woman. It's so awesome reflecting on Bali and just how at that time my mission was still healing, but it was so focused on like the physical body and how it's just completely like done a full circle. Yeah, amazing. And then sharing that now with others. Charlie has beautiful offerings and my housemate at the moment actually recently did one of her programs and absolutely loved it and I just really felt like I would love to get Charlie on this podcast to share some amazing wisdom and I know that um, obviously coming from the industry as well for around a decade, you know, really having a good insight into um, different, you know, impacts that has on us and things like that. So Charlie, I just want to ask you first about what sparked your healing journey. Yes. So essentially it all started with like, well, I was in the industry as Wendy just shared. So I was very attached to my body image and I was about 23 and I just started getting bloated. I started having gut issues and having this attachment to having my stomach really flat and being a certain way, it just sent me into this like deep dive of how can I not be bloated? How how can I heal my gut? And it was just 
I was so obsessed with the physical aspect of healing, like what's the right diet? What food can I eat? What food can't I eat? And I cleansed and I detox and I kind of, I was a bit obsessed with it, but that's what started it. And a lot of people at the time said to me, you need to do the emotional healing. And I was like, mate, it's the food that I eat. I know it's related to the food. And I just kind of, firstly, I didn't know what that meant, like to do the emotional healing work, you know? Mm-hmm. So changing your diet, it's quite straightforward. So I just, I just didn't even look at that side of it for years. And that's when we were in Bali, Wendy, and I was still really focused on like raw vegan and yeah. eating fruit and yeah. just cleansing my body. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, obviously traveling around the world and you had been mm. studying um, psychology, I think prior to when we yeah. met. And so I right, just psychology and counseling degree and like about halfway through it I knew that I wanted to be a yoga teacher that was kind of like my gateway drug away from being a party girl like suddenly I wanted to get up at 6am to practice yoga so was still committed to seeing psychology and counseling through but the minute it was done I'd done my honors I'd done my thesis I got on a plane and went to Bali and did my yoga teacher training and that was kind of the beginning as well of starting to look at my healing more holistically Mm, yeah because then yoga really brings in that body mind practice as well you know not just looking at the physical so opening those doors um you also in that in that big change in your life also stepped away from stripping as well and um recently on my socials I shared you know what do people want to hear on the podcast and quite a few people said about stepping out of stripping right And then I said, I personally don't feel ready because I feel like I'm still going through that process. And we were just talking before, even though it's been about a five-year process, it is so intense and deep and difficult. But then once I sort of said that, I realized I don't need to be complete in order to share, right? And so... There's just so many learnings on the way. And so I really want to ask you about your experience in stepping away from, you know, so many things that you're involved in and sort of following that thread of interest, which personally I think is so powerful. It's always going to lead you to, you know, where it is you you are meant to be or meant to experience or things like that, but really just trusting and following that thread and I know you've done that so beautifully leading up to this point where you are now Um, but I'd love to hear a little bit about the stepping away process for you. For sure so I was in the industry for a decade and first five years I had a good time you know like I really I made my money I traveled I loved the lady leisurely lifestyle of working on the weekends it really let me hyper focus on uni and do really well at uni. So I saw, like, I was having a good time with it, but in the last five years, and I think this was after I'd started to find yoga and I wanted to not drink as much and I wanted to meditate and I wanted to get up and do different things. And I started to just feel myself changing and my interests were changing. The industry started to just feel more and more out of alignment, right? And I was going through a lot around intimacy I was struggling to show up for intimacy in my relationships. I had a lot of numbness and just like even pain during penetration. And I still just kept exposing my body on the weekend. And I just wasn't making that connection. And so 
in that last five years, following like my thread of self-development and relationship development, it got to the point where I felt so out of alignment with going to work and I was doing mostly shows by the end. Mm -hmm. And it sounds really extreme, but I felt like I, every weekend I was like raping my body and then coming home to my partner and not being able to like lean into intimacy. I knew that that was the final thing that got me out of it. I wanted to come out of it for a couple of years and I did for a little bit, the money would bring me back. But then when I really recognized that it was a block in my relationship and a block for my own pleasure and intimacy, that was the final thing. Mm -hmm. And once I'd made that connection, the correlation and that decision, then it was easy for me to shut the door. And I just, I did, and I was done. And once I did, there was no fear because I had really let it land. Even if I don't find another job, even if nothing comes in, I just, I'm done. The world really opened up for me because I was suddenly in alignment with what I should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. And in that current. And it's so beautiful yes. now to think that those two major features of like intimacy and relationship that were being so impacted for you and now what you're, you know, relishing in now and really, you know, teaching yes. others as well, you know, about those two things, you know, and um, yeah, that, that, that was like a catapult for you, you know, noticing that and noticing that, that difficult reality to notice like, oh, this is impacting my intimacy. This is impacting my relationship. And then really putting that as the highest value now and to, you know, to follow to that. And now there, you know, when we first jumped on the call and I said, how have you been? You said, amazing, like, you know, just focusing on my relationship and my online business, which is, you know, um, sharing this wisdom that you've, that you've sort of built for, you know, yourself and now to share with others um, that that's at the forefront of everything. There's nothing in the way of that. That's how you're spending your time. That's how you love to spend your time. And I think that's so amazing. Same. And I, I think for many of us, like our pain becomes our purpose, you know, like when I share now with women and couples, what's possible, it comes from such a place of deep embodiment because I've been on the other side, you know, yeah. like I've been where it's just like not it and having sex out of obligation and pleasing to appease and relationship feeling just like a battlefield. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I know what that feels like. And I know now, and it's actually kind of what keeps me accountable because so I can, so I can teach from an embodied place. I have to practice what I preach. Yeah, exactly. So I share this with women and couples. That is part of what keeps me like when Lindsay and I, it's my partner. If we have a moment, I always have this question come into my head. Who do I choose to be? Mm -hmm. Am I the woman who does this work or am I the child who hasn't done the work? And that keeps me <laughs> just showing up at a certain standard. Yeah, for sure. I experienced that in a similar way, but obviously in the strip club, you know, wanting to really understand how to refine like the hustle and how to make, you know, as much as possible. Um, that was really on the, you know, my um, top value, my top, you know, what I wanted to achieve and what I did achieve and really learning everything on the way. And it feels like, for example, this analogy of really climbing up this big hill, like this mountain, like climbing up the mountain, like I, you know, I want to achieve this. I want to learn everything that there is 
possible to learn to help, you know, um, make this happen and climbing and climbing and climbing for like a good decade as well. And then finally reaching the top and realizing. So for me, it was so interesting, um, similar to you. So for a long time with my coaches, you know, I would find myself saying, sorry, Laura's just going a bit crazy. I would find myself <laughs> saying like, this doesn't feel in alignment anymore. But part of the journey was actually to reach a stage that I feel like there's nothing more that I want to learn from this industry. There's nothing more that I could learn, right, from this industry. So reaching the top, realizing I don't actually really like this view <laughs> that I worked so yeah. hard to get to. And then realizing that what it took for me to really feel like I reached the top of this mount, giant mountain was holding space for people and holding space in a way for my customers that would help them to feel safe and open and therefore spend a lot of money on me. And they would, but it got a bit out of control because I was having customers, you know, fly to my city to just, you know, to, to see me and just a lot of pressure was starting to happen where it's what I wanted to create, but then I realized I didn't actually want that. And it was this diabolical, crazy, like limbo that I was stuck in where I was like, well, I don't want to go backwards. Mm -hmm. I must, I must continue forward. And that looked like the descent down. And that was, and has been really difficult. And then realizing, you know, my creative writing stopped a little bit. That's so cathartic for me and, and healing and realizing I was creating a story for myself around like, no one wants to hear about this horrible descent, you know, or this like, but in actual fact, that's not true at all. It's, it's also part of a process, you know, it's also part of finding out who we are and reaching certain peaks and, and, and being okay with the descent and being okay with having to climb again. And so, yeah, like you feeling out of alignment with like, you know, how you, what you were doing with your body and how you, you know, it was impacting on relationships and things. For me, it was this business here, you know, um, keeping me sort of in alignment with, well, I want to be able to share, you know, the highest quality information with people, but I want to be able to hold space for my clients that I work with, you know, who I'm supporting. And, and it was just becoming way too difficult to hold space for my customers at work, my husband, and clients and that's when something had to give and it was hard because the money's so good but it was like no it's where do I put my focus where feels most in alignment where lights me up and what feels like actual true service so I think the big piece there it's the alignment piece you know yeah. it's like where am I truly out of alignment and how can I just pivot so that I can be in integrity with myself so we're not in integrity with ourselves. It doesn't matter how much money we're making. It feels like shit. It does. I didn't, at the end, I wasn't counting it. I was just chucking it, <laughs> taking it off my wrist, <laughs> chucking it. I didn't give a fuck that's over. You know, um, yeah, we can really feel when it's in alignment or starting to get out of, out of alignment. And it can be a really difficult process. But at the same time, like you said, a really beautiful doors opening into the unknown, which of course, can be scary, but of course, is so exciting at the same time. 
and like it might sound woo like quite woo woo like but it's I've seen it such so I have such concrete evidence for myself and I've seen it for so many other people when you close a, like a close something that's not in alignment you are rewarded <laughs> things flow in other things are open all the time yeah. we don't need to know what it's going to be it's no, just, just have to know like it's the feeling in the body because that's the thing the mind can argue so many sides of should I stay should I go whether it's the industry or a relationship right but there's always a feeling in the body there's yeah. always something in the body that knows there's a wisdom that actually has the answer I don't know it's just I don't want to look mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly yeah we do know <laughs> always yeah so you're quite big on with your teachings um attachment styles and how they impact in basically every area of life oh yeah relationship whether it's any reaction it generally always can whittle down to our attachment style and the meaning that we place on things due to our blueprint so would you um like to share a little bit more deeply on that sure and I really like the point that you made then how it's like all relationships so dependent on like this blueprint we have around relationship it's not just with the intimate partner that it plays out it plays out with our kids it plays out with like the relationship I have with my business the relationship I have with money you know so it's all relationships but the one where attachment wounds really show up is with our intimate partner Mm -hmm. and what's happening here is based on this blueprint of attachment that's been formed in childhood based on the emotional bond that we did or did not receive from our primary caregiver, this then comes with us and we play it out in our adult relating, right? And so attachment theory is quite like a buzzword right now and people do seem to know it. And there's a lot of talk around like an anxious attachment or avoidant or secure, but it's to know that it's a spectrum and you can be all of them. There's one that we like predominantly kind of lean towards, but a different partner or like a different and it like business or family, mum, dad, partner, child, they can bring out different versions of it. But we do tend to have one that's like a that shows up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And it can be really like it's it's an intense space in relationship when your attachment system is activated and it's happening at this unconscious level which by that I mean is out of your awareness, mm-hmm. it's just how you think you are. So you feel anxious, you feel insecure, and you're really caught up in the story of like maybe it's jealousy or fear of abandonment or I'm going to be left. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it feels really intense. Like my experience, mine is like having an anxious attachment mm-hmm. and that deep, deep fear that I'm going to be abandoned. And that is based on my blueprint from childhood having no father figure. Mm-hmm. So now as an adult, I'm projecting this need for unconditional love from a man because I didn't receive it in childhood. And that is so taxing on adult relationships. Yeah. So it's just having the first part is having awareness around what's playing out for you in relationship. Do you feel more anxious? Do you feel quite solid and secure? Or do you feel a little smothered by intimacy and need to take space? Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting that you brought up the spectrum um, because, you know, like we said at the beginning and like you just mentioned, mine is also uh, an anxious attachment um, and a huge fear of abandonment and even an inkling of 
a perceived abandonment even can be difficult you know so is that like hyper focus on real or perceived abandonment is that you know could this turn into abandonment you know like really um you know that's been a huge part of my healing process as well but but also when you mentioned like with different partners different you know um styles can come out because I've definitely experienced that in the past as well knowing that yeah like the dynamic between me and different personality types can really bring out different parts of me and different insecurities in me so that's a really interesting insight and then yeah sorry there you go um so when these happen because you know say something is sparked and we do experience a really intense emotion whether it's anxiety or you know fear what can you tell us about the process that can kind of happen when um we're experiencing that so what often happens is it starts with like a thought in the mind like you said it before and this is something I always get people to reflect on like as humans we are meaning making machines we are assigning meaning to every everything that we see we hear so just say partner our partner says something it's almost instantaneous that we make that mean something Mm -hmm. we create a story about it Mm -hmm. and so it starts in the mind but then the reactivity comes into the body and that might be like tightness in the chest or like the belly or the solar plexus. It might be like your head is going to explode. But we start to have this like fight, flight response at the level of the nervous system. And then what we do, it's like our default mode as a human is we shoot up into our head and we continue to create mental stories and we perpetuate the suffering. We kind of, we spiral. Yeah. The mind takes us on this spiral and then we get more overwhelmed. We feel more reactive. And like in that, the, it's the past that is actually present in your system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And That's- it's the inability to actually self-regulate a feeling. The thing is we don't want to be with feelings as humans. We'd rather be up in our head. We're conditioned to be up in our head, but this is the space that is creating the suffering perpetually yeah it's yeah it's 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 crazy but you know um it's what we do as humans and that that's really um (laughs) you know it's it's so amazing and plus so fucking difficult at the same time um I love that sentence and I've never heard it before but I have an understanding of it but just in these three words it's the past or four or whatever the past is present you know yes that just speaks volumes to me so loudly um you know really learning about the whole um emotional flashbacks and you know triggering can take us all the way back to that original source of pain and it feels like, like you said, the past is in the present. That's just such a profound, yeah, way of saying it. And that's exactly what's happening. But also, like you mentioned, where it's unconscious. We're not aware. So we might be in the present moment experiencing the sensations of a past trauma, for example, and wondering, why do I feel so fucking anxious right now? Or like, why am I, you know, 
getting so overwhelmed right now? Or why am I so frustrated right now? All the things, you know, and and this is, it's, we're just experiencing the past in the present, but not being aware of that. Yeah, that's exactly right. And like the scary thing is, is for most people, there is that lack of awareness and there's such a big identification with this being who I am. I am anxious. I am in fear like this is happening this feels so real and the thing is it does feel real the body's having a somatic response so the first part of healing all of this stuff is that awareness piece around okay there's something happening in my body and can I look at it a little bit more objectively mm-hmm. and that's the awareness is the first step yeah. and then going into the body and doing that somatic work that you're we were talking about before the call. What I say to people all the time is that like you can't think your way out of your problems. Like really, we were just having that chat before. Like you've been doing a lot of top-down therapies for like a decade. I've been like studying in academics and lots of as well, like talk therapy. And it's half the battle. Mm-hmm. It's like awareness is half the battle and you can't skip that step, right? Yeah. It's what creates the space to then say, hey, okay, maybe this isn't me you know, but then the next part, which is the most important, I believe is actually tending to the felt sense that's in the body coming away from the stories that are looping in the mind. And it's like, what does this actually feel like? Because if you actually feel an emotion in the body fully, like full presence, it takes 90 seconds to move through you. If it takes any longer than that, it's because you're in your head creating stories. So how can we come into the body and address it Mm at that level? Yeah. And when you say address it at that level, can you please give a few examples of what that might look like? Yes. So my work is somatic psychotherapy and there's a beautiful modality called Hakomi, H-A-K-O-M-I. And what that is doing, so this isn't something that you would do by yourself. It's also known as assisted Mm self-study. And you're having someone drop you into like a really mindful state So you can access these parts of you, the feelings in the body, because they're really, they're your childlike parts, your little girl or your little boy. Mm -hmm. And you're going into this deep state of relaxation and connecting to the felt sense and you're reparenting those parts. You're accessing core material, like at the level of your nervous system and your unconscious mind, and you're rewriting the story at this deep level, this felt sense. And so that's something that you would do facilitated. It's beautiful work, but also a way to be with your feelings or like even dance or shaking or just like taking really big breaths, but just really, okay, I'm going to feel into my body. The mind says I'm anxious. Cool. What does that feel like? So it's like, okay, there's tightness in the chest. feels like contraction. It's moving. It's getting heavier. It's spinning. And you just keep being so present with it. Mm-hmm. And you'll notice that it just starts to dissolve. Yeah. And you're so right with the, if it, if the mind then jumps on board with the feeling in the body, because it's like you said as well, like it's just trying to create meaning. So if there's this intense anxiety, for example, in the body, and then the mind is trying to attach a meaning to that, it might come up with all different, you know, and that's what the spiral is. It's like, oh, it's because of this. Oh, it's because, you know, 
I shouldn't have said that or it's because I left the stove on or, you know, it's because, oh, my God, everyone's staring at me and I feel really unsafe or whatever it is, it's trying to latch onto a meaning and then yes. everything and it's reinforcing that feeling then and that's when it can kind of escalate into a really uncontrollable feeling because they're kind of fueling each other, you know. So I love that, just like separate it out and just be really present with the feeling and allow it to move its energy. And and, and it's also to know though that I totally get that when I ask this of someone, in the moment that you're triggered, it feels impossible. Mm-hmm. So it's like having compassion for yourself to like know it's a practice. That's why getting support in the beginning is great because it's like when you're triggered, you're just fucking triggered, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it's all out the window. So it's like as well as having a process for when you are triggered, what is your commitment to yourself every single day to keep your nervous system in a more regulated state so that when you are triggered, there's more of a chance that you're going to be able to pull yourself back into your window of tolerance and do some kind of like somatic being with. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And that's something that I love to share a lot um, in this space is, you know, in in the stripping world, I'll bring it back to that naturally. Um, we experience we experience these things all of the time because there is just so many variables that can happen in a night that can essentially set off a trigger and um, being a practice and yes, it is very difficult, if not near impossible to, you know, get ourselves out of a trigger state if we're not in that practice, because the practice really helps. It, it helps to create a tool for ourselves. So in the moment when something does happen, um, we can really be more on top of it. We can really understand what's going on more and not fuel that fire. Um, and I know for me, this you know, obviously hustling well is not all about sales at all. It's about that inner work and about that identifying different things and and helping to sort of smooth them out or heal them and so they don't keep propping up and sort of making us wobble and just gaining that deep understanding. I feel like it's the the support act, you know, it's it's the it's the necessary supportive side to really, you know reaching those new heights you need to ground down and so this looks like creating practices outside of work that can really support and nourish your nervous system it can help you know with all areas of life obviously but um yeah yeah, just really prioritizing that in life you know and not skipping over it and then wondering oh why am I always anxious when I get to work or why do I always get so frustrated when people say annoying things or you know all the things that can pop up in relationship to yeah I I believe like anyone that I work with we start with the nervous system it's the first place we go I'm like that's it's the foundation but I think it was really interesting what you said there it's like sales it's not all about sales it's about inner work being successful at sales is being successful at inner work, right? Because when we struggle with sales, it's usually because we're putting a whole lot of meaning behind why someone says no, you know, when we personally, and then we can't go to the next, you know? So it's like sales is inner work. Yeah. And both of these are benefited from a regulated nervous system and really starting to question, where am I putting, where am I making something mean something about me? How am I making that no mean something about me? Mm. 
How am I making that thing my partner said mean something about me? That's why we suffer because we assign a meaning that doesn't serve us. That's yeah. hardly ever true. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Um, spot on. And really, yeah, looking at what are the meanings. And I say this so much like in the academy, especially where, when we're really fine tuning things. But ideally, we want the no's to be completely neutral. They don't mean anything yeah. about anything. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, let's just look at this logically here. Like, and it's just so easy to forget that, especially when we're feeling a bit dysregulated and the meanings are kind of flying out more and more. Um, so yeah, definitely the goal there is that self-regulation, that, that practice, daily practice, and going heading towards neutrality, you know where we can just keep that base level nice and sturdy and not get the wobbles at every sign of, you know, meaning. I love that insight around the meaning part that we're meaning machines. <laughs> we're meaning making machines and everything that you're just saying, this is the work that I teach women and couples in relationship. And can you imagine when you're in relationship, it's like, it's really hard to not take that personally. It did because it is about me. But if you can still apply a level of neutrality, knowing that your partner is over there having their experience and it actually doesn't mean anything about you, then we don't need to drop into triggered reactivity and be trigger meeting trigger, just like we don't need to take a no in a strip club personally. So this, this work maps across to all relationships, like we said at the beginning, like sales, intimacy, it's so relevant business money yeah it is it really is um and it's so interesting you know this day and age at the moment um you you hear it flung around a lot you know do the work do the work this you know yes. and it's all, um and but it is just so relevant you know the different you're you're focusing on relationships you know I'm focusing on the hustle and maximizing income in the strip, stripping world but again, it both comes back down to like understanding yourself on a more deeper level. So therefore you can understand others on a deeper level. And yeah, yeah just not yeah, getting into that reactive state that we know that reactive state is what kind of destroys things, you know. It destroys yeah. confidence, it destroys relationships, it destroys, you know, our view of ourselves, like all of these things and just bringing it back to the understanding and that awareness, you know, and then, you know, even deeper, how do I work with this once I've understood what's going on and creating a practice that suits your own individual self? Mm. What I love is that there's lots of like, like do the work, do the work, what's the work? But once you kind yeah. of figure out like what the work is for you, it does apply to all these different areas, you know, like self-development will improve your business you as a salesperson, you as a partner, like it's great. <laughs> it's yeah. like when you don't know what the work is, it's can maybe it's overwhelming, but it actually is quite simple and it applies to all areas of life. Yeah, that's right. And again, the meaning thing, do the work. Maybe our brain attaches a meaning to that, <laughs> you know, yeah. or what is this fucking work or whatever, you know. Um, yeah. And it is just sort of a journey pointing inwards and, yeah, really discovering yes. what is there, what is there and what can I do with that to support me moving through my experience in this world and then, you know, 
and then the extension of that other people also navigating that and yeah it doesn't need to be personal you know it's when we're projecting all around really unconsciously that that it can be hard to navigate and um yeah if I can teach a woman one thing it's to not take anything personally <laughs> that would be it that's the thing I would gift everyone beautiful I love that thank you amazing mm -hmm. I would love to now um, invite you to share, excuse me, share how people can find you and what you currently have on offer in this realm, because I know it's so supportive, the work that you do. Thank you. Appreciate that. And yeah, I love, I love what I do. And my space is really with women and with couples and I help them bring this level of awareness into the relationship space. So it's self and relationship mastery. It's how can you develop emotional intelligence so you can actually be with yourself? How can you self-regulate? It's the best gift you can give yourself and your partner because you're no longer making them a caretaker, mm -hmm. you know? How can you utilize like your pleasure as your power and just be like a really sovereign woman? So like I do one-on-one -on -one mentorship with women and I also do group programs and I've actually got one starting at the end of this month and that's the embodied woman mentorship and we deep dive into everything that I've just shared and you can be single or in relationship because the thing is you're a relational creature by design you know so it impacts all areas and we're really like the hyper focus is how can we step a woman towards having that secure attachment so she can feel solid within herself so relationship doesn't have to be a space where it's like, I'm anxious, I'm insecure, I'm jealous, I'm reactive, I'm projecting, or I'm avoidant, it's too much. Mm -hmm. We're just creating really like the sense of solidarity within her. And then the work I do with couples, it's super holistic. But again, it's bringing this more conscious level of like awareness around what plays out between the two focusing on like epic communication and also highlighting like intimacy, authentic intimacy. Cause I'll, my, I shouldn't just generalize, but for me as a woman, the intimacy space has been super disconnecting, dissatisfying and just disheartening because I wasn't having sex or intimacy from a place of authenticity. So I know what that feels like to just it not be it. So with the work I do with couples, we shine a light on that as well. And I facilitate that with my partner who's a psychotherapist and a men's coach. So you kind of get, it's very holistic in that you're held by the masculine and the feminine. I feel like it's really well-rounded. And yeah. so that's called Embodied Union. We have an Embodied Union Instagram. My Instagram is I'm Charlie S. Hannah. And that's probably the best way to find me. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Um, thank you so much again. and. Quickly, I just want to say before we wrap up, um, these links will be in the notes. So if you'd like to find Charlie and find out a bit more about what she does and if you have interest in her program, um, then jump onto the link in the notes and, yes, enjoy your journeys. Charlie, thank you so much. It's always such a pleasure to see you. Yeah, it's been so awesome. I knew it would be a great chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great to have you. Um, all right, I'll see everyone next week.